Welcome to the Inspired Riding Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Lauren Parrish. In this podcast, I would love to share with you the story about my horse, Indy. Indy, also known as Indiana Jones, and also known as Don't Call Me Junior, is quite the character. If you've seen any of my social media posts, you'll find him doing that funny face where he's smiling at the camera any moment I point my phone at him. (laughs) He has brought so much joy and taught me so many lessons over the years. I thought it was time to just dedicate an entire podcast just to him and explain all the little stories that have woven together to create this beautiful relationship and connection that we have now. So when I first met Indy, he actually was living next door to a boarding facility where I was training out of, and his owner would often ride right along the fence line wherever I was riding, and we would just have chats together. And he ended up being like a father figure to me, and we would talk all things about life and horses. And when I found out he was diagnosed with cancer, I was actually quite shocked and and very sad, but... I understood that he was looking to start rehoming some of his horses. And when it came to Indy, he thought I was the only person that could handle this horse. So let me give you the background. He was actually bred to race, and they took him to the racetrack. And they just said he just wasn't focused enough, he wasn't fast enough. So they brought him back home, and he actually lived in the same paddock with his mother. His mother's name was Perfect Reality. I thought that was so cool. So Indy was about 15-3 bay thoroughbred, pretty much all black with one white stripe, and just really striking, really beautiful. And he had gorgeous movement when you can get him to focus. So he was kind of like one of those ADD kids, like he was just all over the place and not really able to settle into his body and be calm. He just would get fritzed out really easily. So after the race racing career never actually happened. (laughs) He was sold to a woman who wanted to use him for eventing. And from what I heard, I did believe that they were jumping him and he was doing fairly well, but then they were asking him to do bigger and bigger jumps and they were over-facing him and he just got fritzed out. And so John, the owner that I got him from, ended up buying him back. And then he was just kind of hanging out for a while. And then he sent him to a dressage trainer and he did some dressage basics with him. And then he came back and still he didn't know what to do with him. So he had me come over and I remember this moment distinctly because I went into his round pen with Indy. And Indy looked at me and kind of snorted and then he reared up and stood there for like a few seconds like the black stallion. (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, this is a lot of energy. Oh my goodness. (sighs) So I had to breathe and just get really calm and centered and just try to connect with him. And I was able to move him around a little bit in the round pen. And then I went ahead and saddled and bridled him and rode him around. And I felt like he was almost floating the whole time. Like he just wasn't able to ground himself. And I could feel how his movement was really fun, but he was just kind of all over the place in his mind. So what I figured is, you know, by the time I got to him, he was almost eight years old and he had all these different types of training, but I don't think he ever had like a really nice foundation to 
let him feel calm and relaxed in his body. So I could be walking him, and within a few strides of walking, he would just rear straight up, just hand-walking him. So he was just like one of those really explosive-type horses that just would fritz out in their minds. And I was still fairly young in my early 20s, and I didn't really have any kind of tools in my toolbox at the time to teach him how to relax and teach him how to stay calm. All I knew is that I couldn't pull on the rope. I just had to stand there and wait for him to calm down. And then as soon as he calmed down, I would just pet him. I'm like, oh, good boy, you're, come, you're back on earth with me. <laughs> so we went through uh, about a year and a half together where we just did a lot of trial and error. And I had um, some trainers helping me. And I learned how to long line him. And he actually did really well with that. There was a moment where I dropped one of my long lines and he just kept trotting absolutely perfectly watching me because he knew I was being consistent and quiet with him. And I was able to pick up my other long line and then just keep going with what we were doing. So there was already starting to have a really beautiful connection just from being consistent with him. And that's one of the things I've learned in my career with horses. As long as you're consistent horses can start to relax with you. Now, he still had this rearing issue whenever he'd get overfaced, and he would actually do it while I was riding. So I learned how to just kind of lean over to the side and just not pull on him and just wait. <laughs> so it started to get a little bit hairy because I really just did not want to get hurt. And of course, I was training and teaching full time. And there was a moment where I was in a lesson and unfortunately the instructor at the time wasn't really thinking and as I'm about to get on the mounting block she walked up and said how's the wild thing today and I thought you know that's not a really great way to set up your ride <laughs> so of course I'm already a little bit on edge thinking about okay what's he gonna do now and it just just put me in a really off mood which now I know you know as an instructor and as someone who takes lessons remotely now I'm really, really careful with what I say and what I allow to come into my reality. So if someone were to do that now, I would say, um, yeah, I don't think you're the instructor for me. <laughs> we need to shift this or, you know, we're going to move on and I'll find someone else that can help me. So in any case, that lesson did not go well <laughs> and he bucked and I fell off. I actually kind of let myself fall because I just wasn't sure what was going to happen next because he was bucking pretty hard. And I was thinking, well, I could stay on or I could just crumble to the ground and, and just relax into it. And it was so interesting because the night before, my husband's a stuntman and he was showing me all these videos of people um, doing these little falls onto concrete in a very soft and relaxed and zen way. And he was telling me how they just have to kind of roll into it. So I think I internalized that. And it worked for me the next day when I was in my lesson and deciding what to do. So I literally just let myself crumble to the ground. And mind you, I'm in my early 20s. So I was still able to bounce fairly well. <laughs> and I just sat there and I was not hurt. I was just frustrated. And I said, you know what? I love this horse, but I'm just not feeling safe anymore. So we made the decision to actually send Indy to my husband's sister and brother-in-law's ranch at the time and they had two kids that were amazing riders and I thought um, my niece would be a great match for him where she could do maybe some barrel racing or just work cattle with him so we took him all the way out to Arizona two hours southeast of Tucson right on the border of Mexico and it was quite the trip <laughs> my friend helped us get him out there and I remember the dirt road from 
uh, the main road to getting to the ranch was like an hour and a half drive on a dirt road. It was really bouncy. And my friend, when we finally got there, who was driving the trailer, because we followed her in our car, she said, I thought you were just taking me to the middle of nowhere and just going to leave me here. <laughs> it was just, it's just one of those remote places that you would never expect would be there when you get there. And it was absolutely gorgeous and it had huge amount of acreage. And you would think this would be heaven for a horse, but you have, you have to think Indy was used to being in stalls and just small turnouts. So he got there and he was like so overwhelmed that there was so much land to go on. He would literally just stay right by the home or the barn because he knew that's where he would be fed. <laughs> so meanwhile, there's a herd of horses that would just go all over the place and we'd normally would have to get on a horse to go find the other horses. They'd usually keep one or two up at the barn. Um, but Indy was just determined to just stay where the humans were. That was his safe place. So he stayed at that ranch, I think, maybe two to three years. I'd have to think back now. But um, the funny part was the very first time he saw cattle, my niece was riding him. Uh, we were there with her, and we were going up a hill, and he saw the herd of cattle, and he froze and then he did the fastest 180 ever and started taking off. And there was no way she could stop him. She was like, yep, he doesn't like cows. <laughs> so their solution, believe it or not, was to get him to live with the cattle. So he'd have to push them in order to get his food. And believe me, that works. So anytime this horse sees any type of cattle, he pins his ears at them and he's like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> so that was really fascinating to show you know, their simple solution for helping him get over that fear. So he just kind of hung out there. They didn't actually ride him all that much. And then after those few years, they had to leave that facility, that big ranch. So he ended up coming back to us. And at the time, we had already moved to Texas. And John had already passed away, the one who gave him to me. And he told his widow before he would pass that he was going to leave white feathers for people to let us know that he was around. So believe it or not, the day Indy came back to our place in Texas, he was being shipped to my friend's facility because it was able to receive a bigger trailer. And the stall that we had set up for him had a bunch of white flowers, uh, white, white feathers just sitting there. So I was like, oh my gosh, John knows. He knows he's coming home. This is so cool. So... We got him back, and unfortunately, it looked like he had ruptured his sinuses, where he had probably flipped over at some point, or not sure, but his back was really sore, and his face looked like he was actually trying to grow a unicorn horn. And I had never seen such a thing on a horse, but our vet examined him, and he said, yeah, it just looks like, you know, you're just going to have to maybe just walk on him at the most if you ride him, and just let him be a horse, and hopefully this ruptured sinus will eventually subside and go down and sure enough it did so for a whole year of having him back I just decided to do in-hand work with him and I taught him tricks so that's why you see him always offering that funny face where he'll lift up his lip and he'll just go okay I get my cookie right <laughs> and then I also taught him a little bit of Spanish walk and he does a bow as well and he loves to do that and he also just loves to like walk around with me in liberty and then his other favorite thing is just pulling on my hair and um, just making me laugh. He loves to hear me giggle. It's so sweet. So, okay, so it was about a year where he was 
obviously not being ridden and we were just hanging out with him. And then one day he colicked really bad. So we brought him to the vet and he had to stay at the vet hospital for a few days. And he, thank goodness, survived from that. And the vet was looking at his back and he said, you know what? It looks like it's doing much better. I think you're going to be okay. So we actually took him to an equine chiropractor and we had him worked on. And then I slowly started to leg him up and I was in the round pen with him just doing lots of basic walk trot transitions and this is a horse, like I said, I was very fearful of for the first part of our lives together. So I was being very, very cautious. And he's the horse that helped me really just get over my anxiety because I would just go so slowly with him. And anytime it felt just right, I would hop off and praise him and he would go, oh, okay, I guess it wasn't so bad. I can do this more. So the more I focused on short and sweet sessions, the easier things got for us. And eventually I moved out of the round pen and got brave and started riding in my arena, which has no fencing. So it's just completely open. And we started doing um, some more movements. And then I had a really nice dressage trainer come and work with him. And I watched him ride. And it was so good for me to visualize him riding him because then I realized, okay, it's not the horse. It's me. (laughs) This horse can do so much more than I'm actually asking for. And in that one ride, he ended up doing flying changes with them and leg yields. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he looks amazing. So it just inspired me to do a lot more with him. So I started taking more lessons with him and going to clinics. And we were doing really well. And then we had a fire. <laughs> the whole property where we were living, we were leasing it for five years. Uh, we had to evacuate. And thank goodness we got all the animals out. And... Um, one laundry basket of clothing. (laughs) That was it. We used to joke and call my husband Charlie No Pants for a while because he had no clothes for like a few days until we went shopping and got all the stuff we needed. But in any case, so thank goodness we were safe, but the house, the whole property was gone. And then we were just sort of displaced for a while. And we ended up boarding our horses. And uh, we had five at the time. So I ended up giving back two horses that were given to us. So then we had three we had Indy and then Bentley and Keeper at the time and so when we got to the new facility where we started boarding that had a really big beautiful covered arena so I just had to do the same thing like I did when we were at our old place and I just went really slowly and started building ourselves up building our confidence up and we were starting to have some really beautiful movements and I started doing more clinics again and we're getting in our groove and things were feeling great. And I was just so proud of him because all the times I used to ride him, I was just so afraid that he would buck or rear and I would just kind of hesitate to even ride him. So by the time I got to this new facility after the fire, I was riding him maybe four to five times a week. Like I was just really going for it. And I was so proud of both of us. And he was really enjoying it. We even got to a point where I was able to start riding him in a bareback pad and do some walk and trotting. And that was huge for me. So you have to understand this horse was 15'3". And if you shifted your balance ever so slightly he would actually make the weirdest noises because he's he felt uncomfortable he would go 
<laughs> and I would go, Indy, you're safe. I promise. It's okay. And he was just so sensitive. So he taught me how to be completely balanced, using my core efficiently, breathing and staying focused and basically talking us through the whole ride. So I have some videos um, that I've posted on my page where you can see me and you could see me talking and, and laughing with him and you know, talking him through any of the weirdness. Like sometimes he would just like randomly toss his head up really high and I just have to let my arms go with him and just try to stay super zen with him. Um, But when we started to get in a groove, he moved so beautifully and I was just so proud of him. And I actually went ahead and registered him with the USDF with the name Don't Call Me Junior. And I was really starting to prepare to actually start doing some horse shows with him. And I did not think that would ever be possible. So it was such a cool feeling to be able to start moving towards these wonderful things with him. And then uh, on actually this day, three years ago, July 10th, I was uh, working with, let's see, I think three horses in training. And I had probably at least 20 students full time. And I was just busy. I was doing a lot. And I think I was just a little bit tired that day and I just like oh I'll just get a quick ride in on Indy and I won't push him too much and we had just gotten a new saddle so I hopped on him and the first part of the ride was pretty good but there were moments where he just started doing what I call the thoroughbred head twist where he would just turn his head a little bit and just go oh, I don't know if I want to keep doing this and so I took a moment I was breathing and I remember standing in front of my husband uh, who was watching me and I said, I don't know if I should keep going. Well, maybe I'll just go a little bit more. <laughs> I should have just stopped there. So that little bit more was trot around the corner. He spooked, bucked, and I just remember being in midair going head first. And all I can think was feet, 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 like shift my body so I don't land on my head. <laughs> and my husband saw it and he got really scared because he saw me going head first, but then he was really impressed I was able to shift and land on my feet. Unfortunately, I landed so hard that my left foot slipped from underneath me and I tore both ligaments in my left knee, the MCL and the ACL. I tried to get up and everything was wobbly. And that was pretty painful. So <laughs> I sat there and I immediately went, I think I broke my leg please make the pain stop. Please catch my horse. (laughs) And poor Indy was just standing over me. Like he didn't even move a muscle. And he just got that really sad look like, I am so sorry, mom. And I knew in that moment sitting on the ground, okay, things are going to change again. Here we go. So, you know, after we had survived the fire and I didn't mention, but uh, about six months before that, I had a hysterectomy as well. And so I had a surgery, and I was just getting in the groove riding again, feeling really good. And uh, so I was like, okay, I guess we're ready for another change. So it ended up where I had to do a whole month of physical therapy before I could even have surgery because they wanted to make sure that my leg was not as swollen and able to be mobile. And that was quite torturous (laughs) because I had broken my arm uh, many years before, and I just knew that when I broke my arm, I had surgery the same day. So to be told that I had to wait an entire month for surgery. I was like in shock. I'm like, what? So anyhow, I went through the physical therapy and thank goodness my clients were super sweet. And the barn owner, my friend was really, really amazing. And she helped me by letting me use her golf cart at the barn so I could get around and teach a little bit. But that was really difficult. I was in a very sad space and I was in so much pain. It was just really hard for me to keep going teaching that way. So we decided at that point, I really just needed to focus on 
getting my body feeling better and healing. And at the time, since my husband was in the film industry in Texas, they took away the tax incentives. So we decided we'd have to go somewhere where he could work more. And that ended up being Atlanta, Georgia. And they, they do so many uh, movies and film out here. And so we decided to move out here. And that was another scary decision because we had been in Texas about eight or nine years. And we didn't know hardly anyone in Texas, uh, in Atlanta. But when we got here, it was like all the stunt community that was here just welcomed us with open arms. And I was joking with my husband, I'm just going to commandeer all your friends. So now I have all these amazing stunt women friends. And I just love them. They're just so cool. And I admire them because <laughs> they do so many things. And I always joke, I'm like, man, these stunt women are amazing. They do all the things that men do, but like in high heels and hardly any pads because, you know, they're having to wear like skimpy outfits. So it's amazing. So just shout out to all those stunt women out there in the world. Ah, so where were we? We moved to Atlanta and then it took a little while. Uh, at that point, Keeper had already passed on. So we just had Indy and Bentley. And it took a little while for us to get the funds to get our horses shipped out. And we had some wonderful friends in Texas that took care of our two horses until then. And we're so grateful that was able to happen. But we finally got them out. And um, Indy was just hanging out with me. And I thought, you know what, maybe I can let some people start riding him. Because I was still in recovery. There was no way I was going to be able to ride him. And then, of course, if you hadn't heard, six months later, after my surgery on my knee, I ended up <laughs> slipping and breaking my femur on the same leg. Yes, that happened. It was in the house. I was rushing about, and my heel caught the um, bit of a dog bone that my dogs were chewing on on really slick tile floor, and I just went down hard and fast. And I will never wish that kind of pain on anyone. And, oh, my gosh, yep. So I had to put it. They had to put a nine-inch metal plate in my left leg. So I wasn't quite healed from my knee. <laughs> Thank goodness that surgery helped. My surgeon for the femur told me that he actually pulled on the tendons, tendons to make sure they were okay. I was like, oh my gosh, I wish he did not tell me that. That's so gross, but I'm glad it's fine. <laughs> Anyhow, so yeah, I have some amazing x-rays now of all my bionic parts. So I have a plate in my left arm, hardware in the knee and played in my left leg and I think I'm quite done with all of this thank you very much so you would think that was my last surgery oh no so last year I found out that my stomach was 90% in my chest I had a hiatal hernia so on my birthday last year which would be a little little more than a month from now will be the year surgery um, anniversary they had to bring my stomach back down to where it was supposed to be so that's five surgeries total I've had Plus, survive that fire. And I'm still here smiling and encouraging everyone to just enjoy life as you can and appreciate everything. So back to Indy's story. We ended up um, just letting him do some lessons with some of the stunt riders that I was doing lessons with out here. And then, of course, COVID happened, so no more lessons. And I just got to thinking, like, you know what? I think we're just going to let Indy be retired and he can just hang out and be my trick horse again. And believe me, he does not mind. <laughs> He's become like the total Zen master and he just hangs out and he loves to do his tricks. And he absolutely loves music. So if I'm hanging out with him, I'll just start playing some music for him and he really enjoys it. One of his favorite songs was the Rocky theme song. So I could just start humming it, you know. 
bum bum ba dum ba dum ba dum and then next thing you know he like perks up it's really cute <laughs> so there you go that is indy's story and we've been through so much and i'm just so very proud of him that he's come this far with us and that he was willing to make all these transformations with me and he taught me so much about knowing that if you're consistent and if you're full of love and if you keep searching for answers you will find them and your bond can get stronger so now I'm perfectly happy with just hanging out with him and never having to ride him again is no big deal for either of us for me, I just thought I can't take the risk of getting hurt in case he spooks. And also, you know, he's on the older side. He deserves to just hang out. And um, if he's bored enough, we can play around and do some more Liberty work. And now he has a little buddy, little Pepper. So I've got Indy and Pepper that are hanging out at our home on about four acres. And it's just so much fun to be able to see them right outside the window and know that they're pretty content. So there you go. That's my story about Indy. And if you want to hear his perspective, um, I can go ahead and read that to you. I think you guys might like that. Let me get to it real quick. So as you guys know, I'm an animal communicator as well. So I went ahead and just let him channel a story. And this was a couple of years back when we still had Bo and uh, Bentley as well. Okay, so here's Indiana Jones and the quest to be a good horse. Hello, everyone. My name is Indy also known as Don't Call Me Junior. At least that's what my owner likes to laugh about. It's unclear why, but I think it has something to do with the movie that she likes. In any case, I'd like to share some of my stories with you here. I'm living with two other horses right now. They are good friends to have. I love being able to roam around and have buddies to hang out with. I remember times when I was locked up in a stall for most of the day. I would often hang out in the corner and play with my bucket for hours on end. It was miserable. But I choose to focus on the happier times. Like the now time. Right now, I get to eat a lot, play with my friends, and make my owners laugh with my funny faces. I love getting treats. I will do my funny face all day for treats. There are moments in my past that I love to think about, like the first time I met my owner, Beth. She was friends with my first owner, John. He asked her to come over and meet me. We were in the round pen, and it was very sandy. I was so excited to meet her, as her energy was very happy, that I reared up and balanced on my hind legs to show off. She said I did my best Black Stallion impression, another movie reference that I am again in the dark about. We had some fun times in the beginning, as we did a lot of groundwork to music. I especially love the Rocky theme song, another movie she talks about, again, no idea. I just like the rhythm and how Beth gets a determined and focused feeling towards helping me. Problems would come up when she rode me. I would get so nervous. I met her when I was eight years old and had already been through four different training programs. I guess a lot of humans liked the way I moved and asked me to do a lot of things before I was ready. I was freaked out all the time. I would sometimes make noises when Beth would ride me. She said it was unlike anything she had ever experienced. I wanted to make her happy, but my mind was confused. I had so much energy and no idea where to place it, so I would sometimes rear up with her on my back. I know she got scared, but I felt like I had no control of my body. 
Then one day, Beth made a decision to send me to a ranch. I guess she felt like I needed some time out in the open without any intense training. She felt like I might have an easier life with a herd of horses. Until then, I was mostly in a stall and felt isolated. The ranch was enormous. Although the horses seemed nice enough, I was more comfortable around humans. I would hang out by the barn all the time, especially since I knew that was where the best food came from. After a few years, I moved back to Beth's new home. She was happy to see me and can tell that I was definitely more mellow. I had some new issues with my back, though. Her vet said that I would just be a companion horse. I think that meant that I could learn tricks and hang out and make humans laugh. I was totally cool with that job title. I loved just being with her small herd and hanging out. After about a year later, I had something wrong with my foot. It hurt to put weight on it. The vet took an x-ray and said that I would heal. He then told Beth that my back looked better and that the year of rest had done wonders for my recovery. Once my leg healed, I went on a longer trail ride to step out and have a man push on my back for just a few moments. It popped and I immediately relaxed. Weeks later, Beth and I were enjoying our rides for the first time in our lives together. My mind and my body were so much more relaxed and felt ready for anything. Time went on and I even helped some of her students. They learned how to ride me quietly. That was my one requirement. I liked to know what they were thinking was also what they were going to do. It just made sense. Everything lines up that way. If the rider was nervous or confused, then I felt the same. Things were going pretty well until a fire happened. We all got out safe, but our home of five years and the beautiful trees were all gone. At least that's what Beth said. We never got to go back to sea. I am glad, though. It sounds very sad. So we moved around a bit and finally ended up at a nice place with a covered arena. That's when I was the most happiest in my connection to riding. My Beth went really slowly, building me up to be the best athlete that I could be. I did get scared, but she stayed calm. She used to get scared too, but something in her shifted, so it gave me more confidence. We even went to two places where everyone took pictures and a nice lady gave us support. She showed Beth how to ride me even better. I loved how much Beth was enjoying the feeling of riding me. I loved feeling better in my body. Things were going well, until one day I just wasn't feeling right. I tried to tell Beth, but she was tired and not able to hear me. I ended up spooking at something, and before I knew it, I was looking down at her on the ground, feeling really bad. She had tears in her eyes and was clearly in pain, but she said, It's okay, Indy. I know you didn't mean to. I still love you. I was scared for her, but I was glad she said that. Ever since that day, I haven't been ridden. I moved to a friend's place with my friend Bentley. We stayed there until Beth sent us to our new home. Now Bentley and I and a new horse named Bo all live together in a miniature version of our favorite home with all the trees. I'm happy now. I know I can be a good boy for riding again, if the riders are listening. If not, I'm still happy to be a companion horse. Got any treats? Thank you so much, Indy. I'm forever blessed just to have you in my life. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. That last part got me really teary.
especially since today is the anniversary of that day. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> All the emotions coming up. <sighs> and I'm owning them. So thank you again for listening and being here. And I really hope you enjoyed listening about Indy's story. And I'll be sure to do more stories about the other horses that I've had and been blessed to be around. So feel free to email me if you have other ideas of what you'd like me to talk about. You can find me through my website, inspiredriding.com. And may the horse be with you, always. Always.